Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I am, as always, your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent, Darren Mott. And I thank you, as always, for taking the time to download, listen, pass along information about the podcast, share links, all that kind of fun stuff. Let's get right into it. Only six stories, really, today. Um, it was kind of quiet, not quiet overnight, but just not like as active as you might think. Uh, I don't know if the big storm on the East Coast has put people on other topics or... Hackers are taking a nap. Who, who's to say? But uh, some of these um, are just going to be more like opinion-ish pieces that kind of show how the government is kind of sucking when it comes to cybersecurity. But oh, well, sorry, I was just scratching my beard there. If that's a sound you heard, that's really, really great radio there. And well, Jeff, well, well done. All right, cyberscoop.com. This is Christian Vesquez reporting. Growing pains at the Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy reports fine. Hmm. The GAO found that the State Department is addressing challenges at the new bureau tied to role definition and hiring. Now, I will say, when I was with the FBI, the one department that we could not stand is the State Department. They do nothing but get in the way of things you try to do, especially when it has to do with diplomats and people overseas and stuff like that. Um, I never had any successful interaction with them that I could say was positive. So this does not come as a big shock to me. But let's go ahead and read on anyway. Officials at the State Department are working through roles and hiring challenges at the Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy, according to a Government Accountability Office report. Now, my first question is, why do they need such a thing? But okay, let's go on. The Thursday report, which looks at cyber diplomacy efforts in the United States, reports that the officials at the new Bureau responsible for pushing U.S. cyber policy interests abroad said clarifying roles and responsibilities are an ongoing challenge. The hell you say. State officials told us that since cyber issues may be relevant to almost any aspect of diplomacy, communication within state to ensure awareness and visibility of issues so expertise is fully utilized is an important related challenge. Okay, well, fair enough. This is what the report said. The Bureau was established in 2022 following years of negotiations between Congress and multiple presidential administrations, and it was one of the major recommendations of the congressionally mandated Cyberspace Solarum Commission. Nate Fink, Nate Fick, in 2022, became the State Department's first ambassador at large for cyberspace and digital policy. One major issue the GAO raised is there is not a global agreement on what cyber diplomacy between governments, the private sector, and other organizations looks like. No kidding. Is this a big shock to everybody? Apparently it is to the State Department. Well, who, who, would, who would not be surprised? Well, anyway, the point being, here's the government trying to do cyber stuff. They suck at it, and they're, they're lost. So big shocker. And along those lines... Uh, maybe this is a better one, but we'll see. Uh, this is also from CyberScoop. This is Elias Grohl reporting. White House moves to ease education requirements for federal cyber contracting jobs. Now, that's a good idea. Now, this, this, this bodes well for this article. We'll see how it goes. National Cyber Director Harry Coker wants to see a more, okay, more diverse cybersecurity workforce. Okay, well, there you go. Starting to go downhill already. National Cyber Director Harry Coker said on Thursday, and I say that, let me, let me step back. I say that because if you're focusing just on diversity and you're nothing else, like the skill of the person, meritocracy, all that kind of stuff, then you're going to fail. But that's, that's my opinion only. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's if I hurt your feelings. National Cyber Director Harry Coker said on Thursday, he is working with the Office of Management and Budget to remove the requirements for four-year degrees for some federal cybersecurity contracting jobs as part of the Biden administration's push to boost hiring of cybersecurity professionals. That's great. Now, that is a great paragraph. And I think you should. I don't think you need four-year degrees for 
a lot of cybersecurity related jobs. Shoot, you could take high school kids, train them with and get them a bunch of certification. They'd be just as good as a four-year degree person. It's all about learning on the job when it comes to cybersecurity. So I thumbs up to all of this. In his first public remarks since becoming confirmed as the national cyber director, hey, how about that? In December, Coker said he is working to improve the diversity of cybersecurity workers and to eliminate barriers that have historically excluded women and people of color. Now does, okay, okay, honestly, just... I didn't don't need that part, honestly. Really, I mean, at the end of the day, did, I mean, here's my question: Do a lot of women want to do cybersecurity? I mean, okay, maybe has it really excluded them, or have there not been people for? It? I mean, I'm not going to get into a political conversation here on this, but anyway, the point being here: if they're lowering the lowering the standards to get better, to get more people in to do the work, that's great as long as it's all equal and even across the board. Um, the whole DEI thing is not something I want to get into in podcast because it's I know it's a it's a uh, polarizing type of thing, but that's just, can we just not focus on smart things? It's just, it's just so annoying. Anyway. Okay. Arstechnica.com, uh, Sharon Harding reporting Reddit users must Reddit rather must share IP addresses of piracy discussing users. Film studios say, Hmm. Okay. Reddit says first amendment rights protected from having to disclose users information for the third time in less than a year, film studios with copyright infringement complaints against a cable internet provider are trying to force Reddit to share information about users who have discussed piracy on the site. Ooh, that's a, that's a sticky wicket. In 2023, film companies lost two attempts to have Reddit unmask its users. In the first instant, U.S. Magistrate Judge Laurel Beeler ruled in the U.S. District Court in the Northern District of California, which is a shocker. But the First Amendment right to anonymous speech meant Reddit did not have to disclose the names, email addresses, or other account registration information for nine Reddit users. Film companies, including Bodyguard Productions and Millennium Media, had subpoenaed Reddit in relation to a copyright infringement lawsuit against astound broadband-owned RCN about subscribers allegedly pirating 34 movie titles, including Hellboy, Rambo 5, and Tesla. You should, they should actually be arrested just for pirating those three by themselves, but whatever. Anyway, in the second instance, the same companies sued Astound Broadband based owned ISP Grande again for alleged copyright infringement occurring over the ISP's network. Now, I think we can agree. Maybe we can, maybe we can, that obviously software pirate piracy is, is a bad thing, right? Copyright infringement is not bad. I mean, I made my bones in the FBI with a five-year undercover targeting this kind of stuff. Um, but of course, obviously it had limited impact because it still continues today. But if someone is just discussing, honestly, just discussing pirated movies online, that's really not enough to prove they've actually downloaded it. They may have, but that's a, you really, you kind of, yeah, that's a, it's a rough gig to go on right there. Um, let's see what this says. Um, this week, as reporting by Torrent Freak, film companies Voltage Holdings, which are part of the previous two subpoenas and Screen Media Ventures, another film studio, filed a motion to compel Reddit to respond to a subpoena uh, the studio said they were seeking the information concerning claims they've made about the ability to pirate content efficiently without any consequences, a draw to becoming a Frontier subscriber, and that Frontier Communications does not have an effective policy for terminating repeat infringers. The film studios are claimants against Frontier, whatever. So it goes on and goes on. Okay, okay. so obviously film studios have been bad about this for 20 years, and, and rightfully so. They're losing money at it. I get it. Um, the problem is there's just so many ways to get around all this stuff that if someone is, is engaged in online privacy piracy now, simply because it's so easy and cheap to get movies you want on, pay 20 bucks a month for Netflix, you get thousands of movies, you know, pay, pay your Amazon prime, tons of movies. I mean, it is not hard to find a movie you want now without having to go out and download it and steal it. Okay. People still do it. I get it. Uh, obviously BitTorrent does a lot of that stuff and I'm not saying that it's not bad. Um, 
but if they're if people are doing that, they are getting around it and using VPNs and other stuff. I, I guarantee you, the users on Reddit who are discussing movie piracy did not use their real email address are probably using a VPN to communicate on Reddit. You're not going to get them anyway, but I understand where they have to go. But I would say this, if you're a Reddit user and you discuss movie piracy, make sure you're using a VPN. All right. Uh, bleepingcomputer.com, Sergio Gatlin reporting over 178,000 sonic wall firewalls vulnerable to denial of service attacks because of a potential um, RCE attack, RCE stands for remote code execution. So security researchers have found over 178,000 sonic wall next generation firewalls with the management interface exposed online and they're vulnerable to denial of service and potential remote code execution attacks. These appliances are affected by two DOS or DOS rather denial of service security flaws tracked as CVE 2022-22274, CVE 2023-0656. Now the 2022, that's an old one meaning it came out in 2022. And if it's still vulnerable and you haven't patched it, you got big problems, but whatever. Um, the former, the second one, allows attackers to gain remote code execution. Although the two vulnerabilities are essentially the same as they're caused by reusing the same vulnerable code pattern, they're exploitable at different HTTP URI paths, according to Bishop Fox, who discovered the massive attack surface online. Now, how do you resolve this? If you have a sonic firewall, you patch the damn thing. And it's not hard. Customers were urged in July to immediately patch or urgently patch these off these these problems so i mean my god people if you have a sonic firewall patch the damn thing and you won't have this problem but people are not going to patch it because people don't do the basics because they don't understand cybersecurity. i'm actually working on writing a book about all of these things that'll protect everybody but uh sort of but um that's just a side thing for those of you who who uh, are interested okay uh last uh, not lastly but next to last the hackernews.com uh, high severity flaws uncovered in Bosch thermostats and smart nut runners. I don't know what a smart nut runner is, but I know what a thermostat is. Okay. Multiple security vulner vulnerabilities have been discovered in Bosch BCC 100 thermostats and Rex Roth NAX A015S-36V-B smart nut runners that if successfully exploited could allow attackers to execute arbitrary code on affected systems. So basically these, uh, one of them has a severity score, one of the vulnerabilities of 8.3. Um, what is a nut runner? I got to find that, you know, over here, we're going to, we're going to investigate in real time people. So how, how lucky are you to get to listen to this as I try to figure out what the hell a nut runner is, uh, a nut runner. <laughs> this says a torque wrench. I'm sure that's not the same one I'm thinking of. All right. You know, we're not going to find out what a nut runner is here because I don't have the time and I don't think anybody cares. So if you know what a nut runner is, feel free to let me know. Oh, actually it is a torque wrench. I take that back. So it says right here, the flaws, the operational technology security firm added could be used to obtain remote execution and make pneumatic torque wrenches usable, unusable by hijack, hijacking the onboard display. So apparently a nut runner is a pneumatic torque wrench automated. It's a part of OT, which is operational technology, which is um, not, so IT you're used to is your networks and all that kind of stuff. Your informational technology, OT is more like valves and pumps and stuff like that. So stuff that's more, oh, how do I even explain it? Um, yeah, it's it's late at night. It's hard for me to think of how to explain it. So operational technology is more um, like water facilities, electrical facilities, critical national infrastructure type stuff. Um, and attackers always looking to do that as well to tackle those things. So again, here's here's two devices that uh, have these vulnerabilities, uh, but you can patch them. And if you patch them, then your problems obviously will be solved. And Bosch, Bosch thermostats obviously are simply thermostats. Um, that are used, does it even say what they're used for? Boy, this is, I'm, you're really getting quality podcasting here uh, from me on this one, but um, 
Anyway, you can read more of the article if you're interested. Sorry, I even brought it up. All right, Fidelity, I'm sorry, Malware Lab, malwarebytes.com. Um, who is writing this? Peter Arnst reporting. Fidelity National Financial acknowledges a data breach affecting 1.3 million customers. I believe last week I reported that there was a security incident at Financial Fidelity National Financial following uh, Mr. Cooper and a couple other loan entities being hacked. This is now confirmed to be ransomware. Um, took their systems offline for a week back in November. Um, as is the case, it turns out the cyber incident was very likely a ransomware attack that included a data breach. So if you are a Fidelity National Finance loanee, meaning you have your mortgage through them, you can expect a letter saying your information has been compromised and you are going to get free uh, credit monitoring if you so desire to take it. As I've said before, many of us are going to have free free, free credit protection for the rest of our lives, which is good. You don't have to pay for it. Um, part of this article does say, Things you can do if you fear you're a victim, check, you know, change your password, enable multi-factor authentication, watch out for fake vendors, all that kind of stuff. So again, if you're a financial fidelity, national financial um, loanee, you have a loan through them, your account's been compromised, be aware, take precautions. All right. I apologize for the quality of this podcast today. It is not my best work, admittedly. Hopefully you found some humor in it and maybe laughed a little bit. That'd be great. Maybe I can I can uh, make up for it with some humor along the ways. If nothing else, just know that the government still sucks at cybersecurity and will continue to do so for a long period of time. All right. With that, know that knowledge is protection. If you can understand the threats targeting you, you can assess your risk. Proceed wisely. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow with, with the Wednesday deep dive where we'll focus in on just a couple couple articles not the full six seven or eight that i usually do enjoy the rest of your tuesday um probably delete this off your podcast list altogether because this episode probably wasn't the greatest work but i made an effort here we are i'm continuing i haven't missed a day yet other than the time in christmas but it was a holiday so there you go enjoy your tuesday folks we'll see you again tomorrow cyber smart morning news is written and produced by cyber guy productions Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.